realities in life is that once something or someone, including businesses, professional sports teams, bands, even people's own personal success, once it becomes large enough, it's easy to collapse within the weight of itself. It's hard for people to stay hungry after reaching their dreams, so they often fall short of capturing that lightning in a bottle that was captured in their origins. Find me an artist whose 10th album is better than their first. Find me the sequels that beat the impact of their original. They're out there, but they're most definitely the outliers. The sad reality is that all things live and all things die, including fictional monsters. You can't blame New Line Cinemas or Wes Craven for Freddy Krueger doing hip-hop music videos and hosting TV shows. It was bound to happen. Jason Voorhees on the Arsenio Hall Show in 1989 had the same reach as Abbott and Costello meeting Frankenstein in 1948. Once something becomes profitable, rest assured there'll be someone there trying to milk it for everything it's worth. Luckily, horror as a genre has grown, and this reburn process has become a necessary act in order to keep the genre relevant with the new audience, with a different set of fears. This certainly wasn't always the case, though. After all the Universal monsters became watered down at the end of the 40s, not many production companies were interested in making horror. That was until our friends across the pond at Bray Studios started making Hammer films. The British take on classic gothic horror tales were a breath of fresh air and a jolt of life to a dying genre. Hammer took scary movies serious. That added an authenticity that hadn't been there since the 30s. Without this, I'm not sure our brand would have lived on to its current state. Not to mention, Hammer gave us the best acting duo in horror history with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Throughout their careers, these two starred in over 22 films together. The synergy created by these two is spellbinding. They steal any scene they're in together. They are peanut butter and jelly. Today, we're gonna discuss the film that kicked off the whole thing. Terrence Fisher's 1957 classic, The Curse of Frankenstein. This movie is a cornerstone to the foundation we love, and it's our honor to finally break it down with you guys. So, without any further introduction, here is our take on The Curse of Frankenstein. Boom! Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I am your host and your scary movie companion. And back again for another week clapping them cheeks. What th- is your name? My name? Yeah, what's your name? Oh, well, you I'm forget here. to say your name. You saw, you always go like this. Okay, this is what you do. Stop. All right. Well, t- you're messing it's up your whole intro. It's a new year. I forgot. I know you're messing up your whole intro here. You go. You do a little thing back. And you go. Boom. Tough act. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> See, this guy goes here. <laughs> Shut up. Rest in peace, John Madden. <laughs> you do. Boom. Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I am your host and your scary movie companion, Christian Ramey. And back again for another week, clapping them cheeks, the best producer in the whole wide world, Mr. Ozark Mark. Ozark Mark, what's going on? Uh, not much, man. What's going on with you? That's it. That's usually what you say. That is usually what I say. See, that's how it goes. Well, guys, it's. I mean, we started off a new year, even though, you know, I... New I was year, rusty. New year, new me. Watch out, world, because once you see this new me, you're not even going to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be doing Oh, dude, everything. this is the most annoying time of the year. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they're going to better their pathetic lives and have most, most of them won't because you're just going to go back and doing the same thing you're always going to do. Unless you're already a person who's bettering your life. Like, you're not going to do it. You're going to do it for about a week, and then you're going to be like, fuck this, and you're going to go back to your usual shit. So shut up about your new year, new you. Nobody cares. Anyway. Mark, but for real, John Madden did die. John Madden did die, dude, and that's when men cried. I, dude, that's super sad. Like, that will it, make a man cry. Like, real quick, though, like, what's the first Madden you remember playing as a kid? Dude, I don't even remember. I think the first yeah. one I owned was 97. It was some, it's somewhere in the, yeah, it was in the night. It's a ninety-one. It's I don't know, I forget. Yeah, man, that's fucking crazy. Rest in peace, dog. Right. Yeah. Like I'm just saying. I missed that. Like guy. As, aside from football, he's the only other cat that really came in with boom, you know. And like sloppy horror shows a lot of love 
There's a, there's a boom at least dropped every episode, if not multiple booms. There's a lot of booms. And I feel like that was stolen from John Madden. Even if it was us laughing at John Madden's commercials, it was a lot of fun. You and I have laughed over John Madden many a times, and the tough acting to acting shit is just too much. And, you know, of course we have to use it, so that sucks. But we'll, we'll honor him. We'll keep the boom alive. But folks, Ozark Mark is back from vacation. First off, tell the folks, how was vacation? Where'd you go, Alaska? Yeah. Mark wouldn't go. I don't know. You might go to Alaska. I would go to Alaska. I'd fucking be happy in Alaska. Except, yeah. actually, no, because that's where aliens are. So, no, I'm not oh, going to Alaska. Oh, shit, dude, a fourth kind. Yeah, uh, yeah. if that's movies taught me anything, it's uh, don't go to Alaska. Yeah, that's shit true. But, no, nah, I went down to uh, Panama City, Florida for a week, and it was nice. I drank for six days a week, and uh, I sat on the beach. And it was fun because it was mainly cloudy most of the time, but it was still warm. Like, it's still like 70 degrees, you know what I mean? But I fucked up because I'm telling you this. Because the last day, it was like the sunniest day. So that's like the last day. It's like, all right, I'm going to go out there. And I didn't drink, but I sat on the beach. But it was sunny the whole time. So we have – I use the the spray uh, sunscreen – because I'm a man, and there's something weird about just using regular sunscreen out in public, just rubbing yourself <laughs> right. down. Like, I don't want to do that. It's so thick. So, <laughs> I, I <laughs> it's know. like you got lather. <laughs> and then the sand sticks to you and all that shit, so no. But I used the spray tan lotion. Uh-huh. Okay? The spray sunscreen, I should say. And I fucked up because you could tell the parts where I missed my back because there's like <laughs> there's like a random there's like a random streak of sunburn like going down my back where I missed. And the best way to discover that is to take a hot shower and then you're like parts of your body are burning. <laughs> and, and then my shins burn too because I like you don't think to reapply your shins. No, but my shins were sunburned, dude. And you don't realize how often like jeans rub against your shins until oh, they're dude. sunburned. Like, if you forget oh to God. do it before you hit the beach, like, you're usually fucked. Like, you know when somebody says, ah, oh, you look like you're getting a little sun, you're already fucked. Oh, I know. You're fucked. You're crispy. I did you're pretty good. I, I had to reapply. I made, like, a big sandcastle and shit, you know. I'm a ginger, so, so it, it hits me different. Yeah, it you just... can't go to the beach, but uh, that was it. So uh, I need I'm, SPF uh... ginger. That's the kind I need. <laughs> Dude, there is like SPF 100. <laughs> like that's unheard of. I go out there and I'd get bronze if I had SPF 100 on. <laughs> I would. I you swear would. to God, I would. I'd turn tan as shit. I'd be like, damn, what do you got on? So anyway, boys and girls, we are back here. I am sorry for the delay. I I hope you missed me like I missed you. Yep. And we are back here, kicking it into high gear with the sloppy horror podcast and we are here to talk about another fantastic horror movie picked by the horror movie nerd himself christian ramey so christian ramey please get into lead us off here yes with what we are talking about today this is a great movie ernest goes to jail all right it's not ernest goes to jail guys we're talking about our our first hammer flick we haven't talked about any Hammer movies thus far. I mean, we've discussed Hammer movies a lot, but we haven't picked one yet. And it's such an important part of horror. Today we're talking about The Curse of Frankenstein. And um, <clears throat> really quick, I mean, as I kind of was getting at to the, as in, you know, in the intro, all things become watered down. I don't care if it's a musician. I don't care if it's a, you know, Freddy is scarier in the first movies. And then by the end of the franchise, he's got a hotline. He's doing rap music videos. Frankenstein and Dracula, the first few movies, were very frightening. And then as they go on, the Universal Pictures I'm referring to. And then as they go on, they meet Abbott and Costello. They kind of get funnier. It happens with all franchises. That's just the way it works because people end up liking the bad guy or the monster. That's just the way people are, the anti-hero. So when that happens, um, things aren't taken serious. So after that happened, nobody really wanted to make horror movies anymore because Carl Limley Jr. was really who, like, bo- boosted it up for Universal. He says, no, we need horror movies. His dad's like, I don't fucking know. He's like, nah, we're doing them. And obviously, you know, it paid off. They had all those successful pictures, you know, The Invisible Man. But in the 40s, there was a lack. There's nothing really going on. And then there was some sci-fi pictures that happened in 50s. 
And sci-fi isn't horror. I mean, it, it definitely, that line broaches, you know, it gets really close to each other. But sci-fi and horror are not the same thing. So, what um, Hammer movie, Hammer, what they did eventually, they were first doing radio dramas. You know, like back in the day before TV, obviously, the they would have like, everybody gather around a radio and listen to whatever, you know, stories. It was like uh, the first podcast for you kids to put that in perspective. <laughs> yes. Yes. You had to go to the living room and listen to your podcast instead of in the car or at work. The whole family. The and it was like a TV show. You would hear like doors, like sound effects, like, yeah. Johnson, where were you last night at 3.30? Why are you asking all these questions, see? We're asking about Mary Helen. We want to know where her body is. <laughs> you know, you're like, <laughs> it was like some real intense shit. It was really great voice actors. But that's what Hammer did. They operated on Bray Studios. And this is obviously over in the UK. And... <clears throat> what these fellas did is they did the Quatermass experiment, and that was a sci-fi movie, but it did really, really well, and it was kind of spooky. And they says, hey, we got to start fucking making some monster pictures. We want to do like a Frankenstein or a Dracula. That's got to be money. And they wanted to take it serious, and that's exactly what they did. So Peter Cushing, he was, this is the first movie where he was the star in, like legendary Peter Cushing, fucking Star Wars all over. I mean, everyone recognizes this man's face, even if you don't know from what. He's just been in everything throughout time. And this was the first one where he was, uh, you know, the star. And what's crazy is it's a movie where he plays Dr. Victor Frankenstein or Baron, Frick, or Baron Frank, <laughs> Victor Frankenstein, excuse me. The Baron Exactly. What a dope name. I know, dude. Referred to as the ba- the Baron. Yes. Oh. And he's so polite in English. I mean, they all are. Dude, you know what's fun? Did you know what's great about this? <clears throat> what? If you want to feel smarter, mm-hmm. just watch this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. Because you feel smarter after they talk the entire movie. Oh, it's absolutely. It's so sophisticated. It's like Shakespeare type shit dialogue so english so proper so awesome such great etiquette and that's really what we enjoy i mean we talk about that all the time don't get me wrong some cool cgi looks great but there's something about like just some good acting on the tv i don't care how old the movie is if it's just some solid acting going on like it'll always catch me even if it's not horror you're like what the hell is this what are these guys talking about i just get intrigued like when this come out so everyone I'm not going to insult everybody's intelligence, you know, not knowing the story of Frankenstein. But if you don't, I'll give you a little rundown here. Peter Cushing's character, he's Frankenstein, the doctor. Obviously, he starts to get some stuff together to make a body. He has another friend, Paul, who's his buddy, who's also a doctor. But Paul's pretty hesitant, you know. He's, uh, you know, got more ambivalence towards it. He's like, I don't know if I want to, you know, you can see the hesitation in him. And throughout the movie, he eventually turns his back on, you know, Baron. He says, no more. I'm not fucking helping you. The monster, he makes the monster. And it's Christopher Lee who plays the Frankenstein creature. And that's what he's credited as, is the creature. And really quick, too, uh, Universal was not very receptive. I'll say that right off the bat. They were not very receptive of Hammer making these movies. And they pretty much said, like, yo, look here, you little bitches. If you guys use anything from our movie, the way that the Frankenstein monster looked like Jack Pierce designed him, any of his makeup, the flathead like his shit, we're going to sue you. If you take anything that was in our movie and not in the book, we're going to sue you. So like this is pretty incredible that they were able to play in that, uh, you know, in that, you know, field and they still crushed it and killed it because yes, the Frankenstein looks a lot different, but he looks sweet, man. This is Christopher Lee coming into himself. And you have to think about how incredible these actors are. Like Peter Cushing, not only did he play Dr. Frankenstein, you know, he played fucking Sherlock Holmes. He played Van Helsing. He played all these just different characters that would chase after Christopher Lee or vice versa. And those two together, dog, I've said it before, they're the best duo in horror history, man. They are like, you know... Batman and Robin, not even that. They're like two equals, bro. And they'll like let the other one shine. And what's really cool is uh, them and Vincent Price, they all had like three great friendship. But 
Anyways, about the movie Curse of Frankenstein, they make this monster. Obviously, he's a little bit violent. He kills some people. He gets out. Frankenstein gets him back. Paul thinks he kills him because he shoots him. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he just comes, finds out that uh, Victor took him back to the laboratory and rebuilt him. And then, uh, obviously, everyone turns on Dr. Frankenstein and uh, throws his ass in jail. Just the way it works. And then to the guillotine. Then to the guillotine. So he's actually in jail at the start of this movie, and a priest comes in, and he kind of tells him the whole story of why he's in there. Yeah. <clears throat> but his friend Paul sold him out at the end. He was like, nope, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Yeah. Made it seem like he was crazy. But there's all kinds of great things in this movie, and um, Hammer films are sometimes, like, and they did. They eventually got tongue-in-cheek as well. They eventually got watered down as well. But these initial films were very serious, and they treated the subject matter serious. So, like, even though they're creating a monster from dead bodies and it's it's not uh, actuality very much fiction but peter hit it with such a seriousness and such like a gentleman and englishman kind of like way where you're like damn this is serious like this dude's actually like you very much believe him and um i don't know there's just something to be said about it and also i mean this is the first british horror movie with color so the colors are vibrant. They're great. They're incredible. Love it. Um, it's If you're going to go down the list of like, hey, which Hammer picture should I watch? Because there's dozens. There's dozens. Most people put this at the top of the list because it's really the one that kicked off the um, the whole thing, to be honest with you. The Quatermass experiment did. It helped Hammer out. It was very successful. But this movie right here, I mean, this earned back like 70 times its production. Like, I mean, cost. I mean, it, it <laughs> 70 times? Yeah, well, I mean, it's taking on one of the greatest stories ever told. The That's Frankenstein true. story. Mary Shelley. The Frankenstein monster story has been around since, what, 1900s, 1800s? 1800s. 1800s. This story has been around since, Yeah. And it's so interesting because it plays on the most fascinating thing there ever was. It's bringing something back to life, beating death. You know what I mean? So that's always going to be interesting. And like you said before, like Universal is like, yeah, if you use anything from our typical Frankenstein movie, the things that you are used to seeing is flathead, bolts in the mirror, lightning strikes, all that stuff. I like this one a lot because it's, it's off by a fucking year. I'm sorry. It's I said 1819. It was 1818. Whatever. Same thing. Fucking stupid. Thank you for interrupting me. Um, yeah, but the thing about I liked what they did with this movie because they went around it so well. Yeah. Like instead of like, for instance, instead of on a table, you need electricity to bring them, bring them life. You got them in some kind of boiling tub. <laughs> yep. He doesn't have a little side. He doesn't have a, like a little creepy side. Yes, man. Igor. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. have an Igor. He's got like another sophisticated thing. Like it's more sophisticated story and somewhat like believable. It's like makes you think like, oh, like this is some. This could actually fucking happen. The way they did it. Now, obviously, it's almost near damn near impossible. Exactly. But it it gave this movie has a more realistic feel to it because they're not doing anything crazy. Like it's convincing. You know, it is very convincing. So, and at 1957, Mark, you know, I mean, obviously, this is not a movie. If you're like, if I'm like, hey, man, like this, this isn't Saving Private Ryan. It's not something that's going to keep you like, even though it's like a long movie, it's going to keep you up. This movie's short. And honestly, there's it's very thick with plots. So like the first like, you know, 30 minutes, you're going to be like, all right. Okay, this is good. It's hold me. But it's like, all right, when's it going to happen? But once shit starts going down, dude, you're like, okay, all right. And I'll tell you another thing with Hammer movies. We've talked about movies before that you need like a sound bar or they're just impossible or you're going to sit there with your remote like up and down because of the fucking score. Hammer is that way. Like the symphony in it is just, it is the classic. I think that's where most horror flicks get a lot of it. That like, dun, dun, like over, <laughs> over the top. That stuff. Yeah, yes. it's full of that. Oh, my God. But it has to be. It's 1957. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, all you have is characters on a screen. You don't have any really crazy effects that make stuff scary. you got to build that suspense. you got to build that fear with eerie music, 
loud music, make you uncomfortable, and then they'll make you feel more uncomfortable when something uncomfortable on the screen is happening. I think you their first I mean? movie was 1947, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Yeah. They weren't in the same scene. They didn't know each other, but in the same movie. These motherfuckers have been acting together since the 40s. Yeah, they did it there well. Um, what a performance by both of them in this movie. Mm-hmm. They're very, very good acting. It held me. It's like, uh, this is a movie from 1957, dude, okay? And it's a story I already know. I already know what's going to happen. He's going to build a monster, and it's going to fuck up, and they're gonna, and something's going to happen. But it's it still, it was done very well. It held my attention because it's such an, like you said, you've seen this story a hundred times. It's always interesting to watch. It's always a great story. It's one of the most fascinating stories there are. I love how kind people are. Like, you could tell, like, when snooty situations happen because, like, nobody argues. Like, there's no, like, hey, fuck you. Get out of here. Like, it's not that. It says, well, that's fine. If you've made your peace, here's the door. You know, like, <laughs> Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like just, they're, <laughs> they're so sophisticated and stuff. You can see your way out. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you would do. I, I bet you would do. <laughs> hey. How how psyched was he when Paul came back and knocked on his door? It like cause he, Paul. <laughs> oh, Paul! <laughs> I got so excited. Or when Paul comes back, oh, he has something to show me. You should go excite. You should go surprise him, Paul. I think I might just do that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh. I like, and what's horrible is too like the girls. They make them so dumb back then. Like I mean. All the girl characters are like, oh, <laughs> like they just have no, well, he doesn't show me his work in his laboratory. It's like, look, if you don't go up there and check out what's going on, because the story's supposed to be like middle of the 1800s, and it's like, I don't give a fuck, dude. If somebody said like, yeah, I think your uh, fiance is like building dead bodies up there, you're like, huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah, I'm going to check that out. I'm it's a different, che- different time for that, man. He was banging his maid. This dude was swerving all his girls for his passion and his yeah, work. Yeah, I mean, he's banging his maid. He's marrying his cousin. I mean, he's doing it right. Yeah, and he, like, didn't give a fuck about either of them. Like, it wasn't like he's like, oh, man, because at first they sold it like, oh, he's in love with the maid. He's like, no, I don't, give, I don't care about you. I don't care about you or her. I care about making monsters. What you mean? Like, this is my work. He wasn't no simp. Yeah, he's like, I don't, yeah, I'm not simping around, lady. <laughs> I'm not simping around. Yeah. Daddy's home. I'm here to bang you out, and then we're leaving. You're going to clean my house. This is what this is. I pay you for all of these, you know, services. And then she got snooty. It was like, get out of here. The fuck out of here. You know what's always cool about these Frankenstein movies? What? What a cool job would be is to create the set of the laboratory. Imagine going into that, like... Obviously, like, there's nothing really... It, all you have to do is make it look scientific. You're making a bunch of glass shit around here. You're making stuff bubble and stuff. Like, putting that together, that would be fun. Do me a favor, Mark. What's that? This book right here, it's called Grease, Paint, and Gore. It's the Hammer Monsters of Roy Aston. This is the makeup guy, okay, that made all of this stuff. Would you do me a favor? Take this right here. Take okay, it. what do you want me to do with this? Look at page 110. Cool. 110. Let me look at something visually on an audio thing. Well, no, I'm saying what you're looking at is this is our, some of, this is a really cool book uh, for some of you guys out there if you're looking is, for something. Um, okay. So he's the guy who did the makeup on all of these, and I think it's 110 is the page where he has his Frankenstein sketches, and he lays down everything that he's making. Because obviously, like we said, he couldn't use Karloff's thing, so he was really uh, – he said he went through dozens and dozens of sketches and went through a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it, it's just kind of cool. It gives a bunch of different stuff on how he made his monsters. So kind of uh, neat to think that you had to work within the restraints. It wasn't like, hey, man, you're making a Jason movie. And you're like, ooh, I can put the mask on him. You're like, nope, can't do none of that shit, actually. You can only use the sackhead Jason. Like, and you can't call him Jason. You're like, what? Yeah, they're, Like, they're, you know, they're... like it would be very crazy. They did a great job of making this version of the monster, like, for what it was like you put together piece you got dead bodies cut off the, it looked like you made this out of corpses and you know who was a young man that watched this movie and felt like what loved horror movies uh i don't know who john carpenter 
a ah. lot of these films, like I said, because we had a gap in horror movies. So these, start, you know, Hammer over at Bray Studios just started fucking cranking them out, giving people a bunch of different horror flicks, and it took them serious. And it, the cool part, I mean, the cool part and the shitty part is things weren't released like, oh, cool, now it's up on YouTube. You guys can all watch it tomorrow. Like, these things took decades to get to different countries for people to watch all of them. And then you had a lot of those, like, join me for the double creature feature tonight, Curse of Frankenstein. And, you know, like, you'd see some stuff like that, the late night TV and, the, you know, the 60s and the 70s. Um, <clears throat> and even into the 80s, we got, like, Joe Bob into the 90s. Like, there's always been a guy that's been like that. That being said, these were always at the helm of that. These were... Really, what shaped a lot of people's, uh, you know, foundation for what a scary movie is in their youth. When I like, I love Bella Lugosi as Dracula, and he is the first. I'm not like saying he's not even not the best, but when I think of Dracula immediately, I think of Christopher Lee and the hammer with the fangs and the like, the really fake red blood and the paint. Like, I just picture that face right away, and that's who's Dracula to me. And I mean, they're all great. Gary Oldman's fucking great. I, I mean. Excuse the profanity. I apologize, guys. Um, But what I'm stating is the Hammer films live in my heart, and I definitely could get caught up in all these movies. And honestly, any picture with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, I can watch them two together anytime. There's a great, there's like Horror Express. That's one they did later on where they're on a train. Oh, there's so many good ones they've done. They were in Star Wars franchise. Wow. Wow. That's fascinating. It is. It is. Do you think back in the 1800s you could marry your cousin? Oh, I'm sure you could do whatever the fuck you want. No, I think, I mean, I ask you, could you? Could you? Oh. Yeah. How hot is she? And is it first or third? I don't know. Which one is it in the movie? I don't don't know. I think it's first, right? Ooh. That's a tough look. That's a tough look. Mary? (laughs) Yeah. Not, not like smash. I don't know. I mean, you could do it. It's 1800. You can do what you want. But. Super fucking My weird, beautiful man. sister. <laughs> <laughs> we are to be wedded in the worst months of the year. Yes. What are you doing, step cousin? The. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Very sophisticated stuff here. Very sophisticated stuff here. It's fancy. Yeah, it's great. It's very posh. Did you get my letter? Oh, you didn't. You need, like, one J-Rock character up in there, like, hey, what's going on, I'm saying? (laughs) 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 No, I do not know what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got your letter, you know what I'm saying? So we up here rock pile up in this ma. Did you say you have a pile of rocks? <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, man. I I don't know, man. I, there's just sometimes... Um, I'm delighted. I just... It, it, like, to, to kick off, to be such a kickoff for... Hey, this is... I mean, I'm an American, and I love British horror. I love. I mean, I love Italian horror. horror I love British horror. Yeah. But especially these... Th- this top of the map. I'm not going to say which is my favorite, because it's hard for me to do that, but... If I had, like, a British horror marathon, this would be on the list. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. This is great, man. This is great. Do you... I mean, obviously, Young Frankenstein covered this, but, like, you know, if you're making a monster, you give him, like, a... what, Like, eight inches for sure, man. You're not going to, like, give him a little wiener. No. Yeah, you're going to give him, like, a horse, a horse dick. Probably. Yeah, I mean, it's science. It's your creature, dude. It's like a 2K character you're making or a wrestler. You're going to max out his stats. I would put a clown horn up his ass so every time he farts, he'd go, ha, 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 ha. See, now we're getting fun with it. Now we're getting fun with it. Why not give him Cyclops eyes? Did you have a favorite X-Men? A favorite X-Men? Probably the dude who teleports. What is that, Nightcrawler? Oh, Nightcrawler, he's fucking sick. Just because I've always wanted to teleport, dude. Like, I've always wanted to do that. I always you like, I mean? I like, like Cable always... a lot. I like Bishop. Um, 
But Cyclops was always pretty sweet to me, too. Got laser eyes, bro. That's some stuff. I mean, it might, I mean, I might, might be convenient sometimes in life. You think you could build a creature out of dead body parts? Um, with like, yeah. No, I know you could. I mean, with stem cells. And no, like, I mean, I'm saying, could you? Like, could you physically go dig up a dead body, cut off parts of it? Scientifically, it... absolutely not. But like, um, what was the re- what's the reward end on this? It's you know, it's kind of like the pet cemetery thing. Like you know. I don't know. Like, why am I doing, like, am I getting paid for it? Because if it was just, I don't know if I Well, sure. All right. Let's say you get paid for it. Okay. A million dollars? Sure. Can I pick, like, bad people? You can pick anybody you want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bet. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know know what I always thought of? is like, you know, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. I love that So, you know, uh, Charlie's uncle, the lawyer. Yeah, look at his hands. <laughs> look at his hands. Put when your look, hands on <laughs> When I see the monster in this movie, like his hands are hanging down, I feel like it's just him. Like Those are a nice set of hands. Because he's like, nice he hands. has the most perfect hands I've ever seen. <laughs> They're just hanging down like extra long too. Christopher. Uh, lands. Christopher Lee has such like a gait in this movie. The way he moves and walks, it's such a stance. It's very incredible. Such method acting, man. He's got like a really weird and interesting monster walk and stance that really isn't particular to any other movie. His hands are kind of like just hanging out there. He's like almost like the tall or like the slender man, almost with like big long fingers. Yeah. Big fucking ringmaster out there. That's good stuff. Yeah, the makeup on his face was good as well. It was very different. It was, it's, it, this this movie gave the Frankenstein monster a new look that you've never seen before, that you're not used to. Well, mainly because they had to. Mm-hmm. But it's good. Like, and that's hard, good. bro. Like, you change up Freddy Krueger's look, we're all pissed off. We don't like that. So to be able to change, because... Yeah, be able to, for you to, like you said, for the be able to go in there and change something that's so iconic looking that people are fucking used to and it works it's one of the best Frankenstein movies yeah it's Hats. Jack Pierce man and Hats. Jack Pierce Boris Karloff and you beat that like not beat it but you at least were I mean able to nobody said anything like I didn't like the monster I don't think people said that no you know what I mean I don't think people said that and people think about this Ozark Mark so you don't have any horror movies in color at that point in Britain this comes out super fucking vibrant. Shoot dude in the head, blood's pouring out. Like, this was super gory for that time frame. People were not used to this kind of stuff. And all Frankensteins kind of pushed those boundaries. The original, obviously, throwing little Maria into the water and killing her. That wasn't, you know, normal for they, TV yeah, movies. And, and they did a good thing, too, was like they kind of they stuck to the original things that happen, of course, in every Frankenstein monster movie, almost. He gets out. Finds a little, there's a blind person. <laughs> hey, when he was on and, the roof, you remember a, that? Yeah, there's a blind person, <laughs> and then and then there is a child. Now, it's instead of a little girl, it's a little boy. Instead of a blind guy in a house, it's a blind guy in the woods. They just put them together, but he's by a lake. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, all right, monster's going to come up on this little kid on the lake. Nah, they switched it around. Shit, you know what I mean? So they did what you're used to. They did it. They did that good. Yeah, I'm surprised you knew all that about, like, Bride of Frankenstein. That's awesome. Bro. I know some shit, man. I, this motherfucker, dude, he doesn't know horror movies or anything. No, like, almost out, that's but, Bride of Frankenstein, bro. That's the sequel, like, where he meets the blind man. That isn't even the first. I would love to tell you more things about this movie that I may or may not know, though. Well, let's get into it. Welcome to the What Do You Know Here. This is a segment here where we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know, but it's I've been away for two weeks. It's been rusty. But you know what I'm saying? We're I'm back rusty. Here. I'm a little rusty here around the edges, but this is a segment here where we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about, but this movie here, I'm going to get through it. So if you know what we know, you're going to know what we know, and you're going to know together. But if you don't know what you know, you're about to find out what we know, and then you're going to have a we know gasm. What is that? It's like figuring out masturbation for the first time, but in your noggin. 
Okay. That's going to do it. And you're going to be addicted to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to start off here and tell you something that something that I may or may not know about this movie. Okay, check this out. Please go on. I will tell you. Okay, so we're talking about the scene where the monster escapes and you know Paul. Yeah, Paul, the other They're doctor. In the, woods, the other doctor, yeah. He's the in there. The other doctor. And they shoot him. They shoot this monster, okay, in the face. Right, stupid and they ass got, face. And they got it, and they got it. Now, everything in that scene, the leaves, the trees, the berries, the glass, mm-hmm. they painted everything. Very vibrant colors. Why did they do that? Why did they do that? Because this is the first British movie to come out in color, so they wanted to make it vibrant as shit. Mm-hmm. No woods are that very colorful. No, but you got a point this, though. They're beautiful in there. They are beautiful in this movie. Here. They so look. They painted, it's, it's a lot of colors. It's a lot of colors, and they painted it. Mm-hmm. So boom. What do you know here? Look, look here. So, as we have just you know heard, this movie they wasn't allowed to use nothing from Universal, so everything was sold top secret. They had like more security guards on set they didn't let anybody into the studio it was like some Willy Wonka's chocolate factory nobody gets in nobody, nobody comes, comes out, out. <laughs> yeah. they, they were super crazy about it because they were afraid people were going to get in there and it was going to leak out their information and everybody you know fucking rats everywhere telling all over the, and they tell the secrets so they had like crazy lockdown fucking security for months until until Roy Aston and the guys you know got something together they thought was salad they thought was salad yeah like well like the monster they liked they like why he was drawing up all these sketches why they were trying to find a way to make a new monster they weren't letting nobody new on set it was only like the people that were allowed on set so nobody was getting the info and leaking it out to the universal people that, that's great but what does that have to do with salad well there's not i mean i don't know salad you just said salad you said it was salad salad oh okay not salad thought you were going little caesar salad Salad, baby, salad. Wow, that's great fact. I got another one here. Check this out, right? Okay. So there's a part in the movie where the professor's over there, and he's going to try and kill him, right, for his brain. Yeah. So he takes him up to the college. He's like, hey, look at this painting real quick. Yeah. And then he pushes him off through the railing to the thing. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a little fucking cool, interesting fact for your eyes next time you're there. Look at the railing. You could already see the breaks in the railing before he goes through. That's that's a fun little that's fact. That's a little hiccup there. So next time you're there with your broad or your guy, you could be like, hey, look at that railing. It's broken already. And then you're smarter for it. Look at look you. Here. Look at you. Now. Look at you. I've got a rebuttal fact to that fact. <clears throat> okay. So what's really funny about that shit, because I laugh about that every time I see that part. It's, the, it's hands down the funniest part in the movie to me. Um, but what happens is... This dude's like a professor, and he's talking to Frankenstein, and like you can kind of tell, like he's kind of keen to Frankenstein shit, and but he's really smart, and Frankenstein wants his brain for his monster. Sure. So he takes him upstairs, upstairs. to the top of the stairs to look at his picture. Yeah. And then he says, "Yes, if you just step back, you're able to see it." And he says, "Professor, look out!" And he just pushes him right over. Yeah. So what's funny about this shit is there was a stunt double, cause this guy's fucking old. Right. Well, this dude really got hurt because he missed the padding. His whole body hit the padding, but his head hit the... It didn't. And, like, if you watch it, you could tell that they kept that shot, bro. It looks like a wrestling botch. Like, when they mess it up, that's what makes the shit so funny, bro. He catches this fall with his fucking face. Big time. Like, it's <laughs> bad. Like, he wipes out so bad. But that guy really got hurt in that part. And back then, you know, movie directors, they're relentless. What looks best? Like, you're, you're going over your dailies, and you're like, here's the one where he actually got hurt. And you're like, well, let's see what that one looks like. You're like, yeah, I think that one's yeah, best. Yeah, I think that one's the best one, yeah. Yeah, I think that one's the one we'll, we'll go with. Wow. What so, a fact. Yeah, that's, that's some so stuff I know there. Wow. That's some stuff I know. That's so great. What a great load of facts here for your ass. That's great. Stick them in your ass. Yeah. Okay. Is that all you know here? Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Okay. All right. Well. I don't know how to leave. 
until the next time, folks. We we're not good with goodbyes, but no. you know, until the next time, you guys take care. Hey, yo, Zoc Mock. Yeah. You know who's trying to bing bong save your life? No. Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. That's fantastic. So, dude, how have we not? How have we not talked about the greatest character in this movie? Give it to me. Professor Bernstein. Oh, I love this guy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> His voice. Oh, hello, This is great. I can't even do his voice. He reminds me of like Igor, mm-hmm. a little bit. So that's that's what they played on it. But man, the way he talks is fun. I wish that guy was like my doctor. Seems as if you're getting stronger. Oh, hello. Now hold on. I can't even do. It. <laughs> you gotta talk with like your nose. Like hello, Christian. You appear to be stronger. Yeah. Oh, you should really quit smoking. It's not good for the lungs, but uh, your cholesterol is good. Just make sure you drink more water, okay? He All almost right, kind of has the it. same like tone as the German neighbor from Monster Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's very German. Nice. It's, it's such a lovely house and lovely company. <laughs> I like it here. But anyway... Yeah, I love that guy. And seriously, he really does. He eats that fall with his face so Dude, hard. you know what's funny about that is I don't know many people will get this, but I know you will. Mm-hmm. I think Violet J took inspiration from this scene into when he did the song Mad Professor. Oh, dude, for sure. Oh, we got to take a look at that upholstery right there. So, woo! Real upholstery. <laughs> so he comes up like, you okay he, comes in, he comes in like, yes, look at this painting. <laughs> Look at that right there. You know, if you back up a little bit, you'll see it better. <laughs> yeah, man. And he just straight pushes this dude off the railing, through the railing, and straight headbutts <laughs> to the floor, dude. And you know what's, you know what always questioned me about this? What? What I thought about. So he is killing this man for his brain. Mm-hmm. So you choose to push him off of a balcony face first and make him land on his head which will cause damage to the brain why would you do that i think i would think of a better way to kill a man if i was gonna if i was going to kill somebody to harvest their brain it's so abrupt like if (laughs) it's your first time watching it i mean you might be expecting it now that we've mentioned it if you haven't watched the movie but like for if you're just watching it like it's not at the pace of the movie no like because you think he's inspired by him you're like oh and he is and he likes his brain but like you just do not expect that at all well i don't expect him pushing him off of the balcony professor look out <laughs> like, <laughs> i thought like he would like suffocate him or fucking just i don't know i like how he did his maid she was talking that shit she's like i'm gonna call the police and he just locked her in there with the monster he's like what are you gonna tell them hmm? proof <laughs> <laughs> it's like back in training days not what you know jake <laughs> Denzel was channeling his Curse of Frankenstein. (laughs) It's what he says, though. What do they want? Proof. Not what you know. It's what you can prove. You're going to use... Well, I'll get the proof. What, are you going to use Smiley and my boys? (laughs) You think my gang will give you up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good, man. That's good shit. What a great concept, man. I don't know. I don't know who... I'm sure there's going to be people who are like, hey, man, I think this movie's boring. It's not for me. And I totally get that. So I don't know what kind of wheelhouse of a uh, movie fan you are, what you're really into. But if you enjoy old films and you've never really, say, ventured into the hammer waters and you're like, oh, I'm familiar with that, start with this one. I mean, seriously. Well, I think the ideal way to watch this movie for the first time is you have to be in the right setting. This is a great winter inside cozy movie like this is a cozy like you're all fucking warm and you know cuddled up and you got your snack there and all that but it's like a very sophisticated film it's kind of like you know it's 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 a rich story but that's it so you got to be in the mood for a rich story with you know like that, and I think it'll work if you're right. If they're in the right condition to watch it, like if you're in the mood for some fucking action and blow explosions and ah, murder, 
Yeah, blood no, this is acting. This, no, is this is acting. This is straight. It's like a play. And on a lot screen. of these people are came from theater. Yeah. You're correct. It's Mark. basically theater on a screen is what it is. Okay, so you have to be in the mood for a theater type of feel to really enjoy it. But if you're in that mood and you're in that setting, you understand what it's going to be. You're ready to watch it. Boom! This is going to be right in your fucking wheelhouse, dog. Okay? I think like I've they have like a cool little like where. Peter Cushing's from. They got like a little museum and shit, like the part of the world where he lived in over in London or not London and like Britain. I don't know where the fuck it's at over there. I don't know their cities really. I know their cities, but I don't know the locations of like. So, excuse my ignorance to all my UK listeners out there, but wherever the hell he was from, it just looked gorgeous. It looked so peaceful. It looked so cool. There's um there's a really cool documentary out there called History of Horror with Mark. Fuck, I don't know. I forget his last name, but he's a British dude, and his love for Hammer. It, I don't know. It was a lot of fun to watch, and I, I rewatched it before we did this episode too, just because he gives great reference points. But they were showing where Peter Cushing was from, and they were asking Peter in an interview. They were saying, "Hey, Peter, hey, Peter." A lot of people get upset because they get typecast in these kind of movies. Are you upset about that? And it was like the coolest interview ever. You guys should look it up. But he said, like, no, uh, yes, I understand people can be typecast in things. But I think as actors, you know, um, you know, we just enjoy to get movies. And he says, uh, I, I know people get great enjoyment from these movies. And I just love to, to make them for people. And he's got, like, this dime piece next to him. Like, just just. Of course it. he does because he talks like that. And let's not, like, leave out his facial hair. My guy's got the craziest fucking, like, sideburns. They're, like, just triangles on his face, just hair triangles They're on like his face. They're like Wolverine. It's like a protractor sized on his face. Right. And you're like, bro, like, uh, you know, what's it's happening? Because they talk like that. Like, okay, let's, let's put our voice versus his voice to a female at a bar or a restaurant, <laughs> some kind of party. If I go up... Hey, how's it going? How you doing? Like, can I buy, hey, how you doing? I got guy buy you a drink, and if he goes, "Hello, my dear, it's a lovely night, isn't it? What are you drinking over there?" Ah, yes, I remember back when I had first my first vodka tonic. It was back in '87 with my uncle Roy. He took me to a bar for the first time. That's fantastic. Well, I'd love to get to know you more. How about I buy you another one, and we'll talk about this. I'm assuming that's your boys over there on the pool table. You're just her, <laughs> pa- her panties are disintegrating from the amount of moisture fabricating from those curtains. Okay? They're not even there you anymore. Understand me? No. They're gone. It gets so wet it catches on fire. It's that that's not possible, but I can imagine how it would be. Lightning. Lightning out of her vagina because he just comes in proper. <laughs> what? Hello. Like so that fucking is so cool. Let me I love you, I, I have big respect. My accent, my love for their wait, uh, my, my British horror is better than my accent. Hold, hold on a second. <laughs> Do you think like uh, women from Great Britain and like the English women like think American accents they are do. like hot. I find out every day on TikTok they do. Do they? Yeah. Okay, because I didn't know if it was reversed. Because like American women like love like the proper British fucking you know, voices. You, you for know some where reason. Our, our avenue is. What? If you want the best, what's that? Sloppy Horror is going to go to Japan next year, and that's the we'll be all right out there. All right, we're pretty tall. Okay, we're business oriented. We're just gonna go out there. We're gonna clean house. Our ladies are just gonna have to understand. I guess so. They're just gonna have to come with us. They're just gonna have to see. Gonna I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. But I know what we have to do right now. We have to octopuses. <laughs> we have to rate this bitch. Sloppy horror rating, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Sloppy Horror Podcast Rating. Welcome to it. If this is your first time here, hello. You know that's my favorite thing you've ever done? What's that? That that intro for that rating. That song there. It's a great song. Uh, I I have so, you know I have such like a love for like Johnny Carson and the old school talk shows and like that really reminds me of that and that's, it's like just yeah that's yep. it's incredible. Thank you. It's it's a lot of fun. Thank you. Anyways. So, this is Sloppy Horror Rating. This is the segment where Christian Ramey, the horror nerd, your host and your scary movie companion, is going to rate the horror movie on a series of three categories. Actually, four categories. I'm sorry. 
let's try this again because I'm rusty. It We're reminds me this. of Weekend at Bernie's where he was like, I haven't done it in a while. I'm rusty. <laughs> I'll work it off. Because <laughs> I don't practice at all. We just come in here and do this shit. So this is going to be a rating here based on four categories. Three categories worth three points. Last category is worth one point. Half a point each from each of us for a total of... Ten points altogether. Yes, and a little disclaimer here. This is a horror movie rating, not a movie in general. So please keep that in mind. If this is your favorite movie of all time and we give it a low rating, it's not because it's a bad movie, but this is how it rakes on the horror scale. It is a horror scale, not a movie scale. You you freaking frickers. You friendly, lovely people that I love so much and want to finger bang you. You fools. I want to watch y'all when y'all go to the bathroom. I do. I'm there. Actually, I've cut holes in every bathroom that you've ever been in. Yes. It always goes a little bit to the left. So, let's go on to the first category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is casting. There's not a doubt in my mind. This is a three- uh, they just don't make movies like this. They don't really pick acting like this. And uh, when you don't have, incre- like, obviously there's great makeup for its time, but, like, you know, you compare it to It that came out a couple years ago, there's just so many limitations that just they did not have. And casting is where they made up for that. So Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee could be a three alone, but, like, everyone else crushed it. Everyone else did a great job as well. All these people were rich actors. I definitely, you know, there's great character arcs for all of them. Um, and like you said, it's like kind of got like a play aspect to it. And um, there's cool bromance between Victor and like his dude Paul because Paul's like his only friend of reason because these girls are like in love with them and they don't really care until they just get avoided and then like kind of all of them and they get mad and they yell. And that's what they did to him. And they were really, I mean, they, if he didn't have girls, he would have been able to keep going. I think he could have convinced, convinced Paul, you know. But they all did a good job. They all did a good job. Yeah, I think uh, this movie is solely relying on its casting to make it for how successful it was, for oh, sure. Because, yeah. I mean, all it is is acting. Strong the three. The entire movie is all acting. So that is three out of ten so far after the first category. Let's go on to the second category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is Kills. So we have some. We have some. Just a few. But it's nothing to write home about. Now, for the time, these things were very, very gory. But, you know, we've had a large catalog of horror since then, and we can't exclude that, like, what our eyes are used to. So um, the kills, I'm going to give this a one. Uh, I'm going to give it a one because there's not a whole lot, but it's not a half a point because the one is solid. They did a very good job, like I said, you know, Roy Aston with his makeup and how they executed it and how they had the balls to be like, yeah, we're not doing like, we're not pussyfooting around and we're going to shoot this dude in the face and it's just going to, blood's going to rush out. We're going to choke out Dr. Frankenstein. Like there's going to be some crazy stuff. We're going to have him shoot Elizabeth, (laughs) you know, like... There's all kinds of stuff that we're going to do in this, and that's probably pretty groundbreaking for 57. Um, sure. I agree with that. So that's one point. Four points out of ten so far to two categories. Going to the third, final three-point category here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is fear. So we got fear going on. Fear. And, and, and let's be honest, folks. I don't think you're going to be too afraid of the movie nowadays. Now, back in the day, this was probably a two and a half. I mean, this fucked people up. People couldn't handle this. They were staying up late watching this on TV when they weren't supposed to. And, you know, the music, the imagery, that shit would sit with you for a long time. Um, But this is going to be another one for me. It's enough. it, It generated enough fear in its lifetime that I can't undermine that. And it does. There's great suspense. It has all the great elements of it. I mean, it has some... The music builds up. There's some great, like, I mean, you're you're right there with it. You know what's going on. So you're like, okay, how the hell is this thing going to end? Even It's like one of those things where if, like, someone tried to get you when there's, like, 30 minutes left in the movie and you're like, hold on, I got to see how this shit plays out. <laughs> like, I know, like you said, I know how it's going to go, but I just want to see how they do it. Yeah. And, and it definitely has that quality to it. But I'm going to go with another one for, you know, for the kills and the fear, you know. Okay, very good. Five out of ten. After three categories, we're going on to the final 
one point category, which is half a point from each of us each, and we are asking each other if we fucks with this movie. So, Christian Ramey, I'm going to ask you, do you fucks with The Curse of Frankenstein, 1957? I do, big dog. I do, Terrence Fisher, dog. This is a great movie. Hammer, that's what kicked it off. I have great love for this, so it definitely gets a strong half a point from me. So now I have to, you know, table tennis that ball back to you and ask you, Ozark Mark, what do you think of Curse of Frankenstein? Do you fuck with this movie? Does it have any rewatchability for you? I fucks with the Curse of Frankenstein. This definitely has some rewatchability to me. That makes me happy, man. It's a Frankenstein movie, man. All the Frankenstein movies practically have some sort of rewatchability to them because, again, it's such a rich story. And mm-hmm. It's such a legendary story, and there's a reason why it's a legendary story because it's always so fucking interesting. And you he's can't a cool monster. You don't know if it, you could tell like he's trying to like decipher shit in yeah. his head, and like he wants to be good. He didn't want to be born, but like he just doesn't know his own strength and right. ends up like yeah. It's just it's it never gets old. You always you know it's so interesting. But yeah, I fucks with it. So that is six out of ten total for the Curse of Frankenstein, 1957. Boom. That's a pretty good score for a movie from 1957. This movie is over, what is that, 60 years old now? Yeah, dude. It's almost 70, actually. How old are your parents, bros? Were they born <laughs> after this movie? I like, mean, I don't know. Um, but that's pretty amazing. So that's what's pretty sick, too. Now, before we get into the fun rating, that or well, not rating, but Ozark gives you know the parental guide. Before we do that, I do want to ask you, Ozark, Mark, you got a favorite part of this movie? Yeah, it's the Professor Death scene. Okay, that's a, that's a great, that's probably one of the I'm, funniest. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go over it again because we already talked about it, but I mean, that part is always fucking funny, man. I'm sorry. The, the character, <laughs> the Professor himself is hilarious and the death is hilarious. And him just hitting his head just is so comical. You know what me. I found funny too? What? So like Justine is made, yeah. he gets he, he he kills her right, and it's super intense. She gets locked in this like uh, you know cell with Frankenstein, and she turns a corner and she finds him, and it's all intense. And she's like, ah! and then it just cuts to a peaceful breakfast with Peter Cushing with his wife to be Elizabeth, and he says, "Will you pass the marmalade?" <laughs> like, like it's just uh, you're like yes <laughs> like he doesn't care at all no. like I just murdered this lady now I'm just gonna have some mama laid on my toast <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't care <laughs> like it's such a suspense killer you're like ah. Oh. so how are the wedding invitations coming? <laughs> Tell me that guy practicing his speech at the at the rehearsal wasn't cracking you up. He just oh, keeps, when he's taking the drinks he, he to the keeps, bride and groom. Yeah, to the bride and groom. To the lovely couple. He just keeps drinking. These <laughs> things take time, my dear. You must practice. <laughs> if I had a guy like that at all in my life, I would lose my shit. Oh, no. All the time. And that's what people don't, you know, you miss out on too. You just find things that aren't intended to be funny and in 1957, like that was probably an obscure type of guy that was out there. So he was he represented something, but now you don't find that guy ever. So like when you see these weird characters, you're like, it was such what a random hell? part. It didn't have any significance. It was just why. <laughs> I don't know why that guy was there. He had no no. That was it. That's all he did. You know, like you know, he kind of reminded me in the voice. You ever seen that dude on a TikTok and all over that weird old dude that eats the hot chili peppers and he's like, one hot ghost pepper. <laughs> I think so. Dude, this dude, like, he's you're going to find him now because the phone's going to talk. It's going to find you and you're going to find I bet you it will. I bet you it will, This dude. guy, oh, my God, he's really funny, though. But, like, I don't know what his butthole's like because this guy's eating, like, peppers with, like, crazy-ass hot sauce and dipping it in shit. I've seen a lot of people doing it, but this guy's the funniest. But... One guy in Mexican pepper. <laughs> he has like that weird nasally high pitched voice, and it's just like, why can't we have people like this in our life? I hope as we get older, there's people in our life that are funny like that, because we can laugh all the time. Oh, I hope so, man. I hope so. So, now that we got our favorite parts out of the way, uh-huh. 
now that we got those out. Ozark Mark, if you got kids, let's get into it. Hit it, baby. I missed you, mister. Mr. Mr. Ozark. Tell him if they're old enough. How old? To watch that scary stuff. Shit. For the parents who give a Parents who give a fuck. Yeah, parents. What a jam that is. For all you parents, your children, <laughs> your children, little babies. Yeah. So, what 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 is the segment, Christian Ramey? You gotta give a nice intro. It's only so, for you boys and girls out there, when we're dealing with horror movies, sometimes these movies can be scary, and we often get the questions like, "Hey, I got kids. How old are we? You know, what movies are good for this age group?" So, every movie we talk about, we at least like to give you somewhat of a parental view. Now, I am a parent of three, but my kids are, I got a teenager, an 11-year-old, and a three-year-old. I'm all branched out, but I'm also a horror movie nerd, so like I'm probably not the best dad to ask. Ozark doesn't have kids, so he has that fear if he's got somebody else's kid under his pose- possession, he's not going to let him watch something crazy like, hey, I let your eight-year-old watch The Exorcist. We had a great night. Like, all right, see you later. Like, you would never, like you'd, So there's a level of pressure there. So I, I think your answer is very true and fair, and I like this because we would do this before it was really even a segment. So we had to give it a little song and a title. Sure. Course, so okay, take us away. All right, so if you look at this, there's no real intense gore, there's no sex, no nudity. Very polite talk, very all the most polite talk I think I've ever heard. This might actually educate your child if you (laughs) (laughs) showed them, you know what I mean? Because I said you watch this movie, you feel smarter just by them talking. There's not one. There's not one of those in this. No, no drugs, no nothing. So honestly, this is an E for everyone movie. Anybody can watch this movie. I feel comfortable showing this movie to anybody. Um, That's fair. It's a great uh, if they can if they can handle how old it is and it keeps their attention. I think they will thoroughly enjoy this movie just as a casual watch. Um, so yeah, E for everyone for that one. E and this is for everyone, dog. Especially for those of you folks out there who've got those teenagers who maybe are into horror just like yourself and you're trying to educate them, get them into the genre. Definitely try to get their feet wet in this and see if they're into yeah, that kind of... Just, kinda... just uh, also explain to them, get them more interested in the movie than just the movie itself. You know, if it's anything you learned on this podcast today, tell them, say, hey, this is the first movie that was in color. Like, they couldn't, this is, you know... Tell them some of the facts that we told you, and might make them more interested, and we'll make them look out for that. You know, what I mean, they might enjoy it a little bit more if you're a little, if you got a little curious, curious over there. Yeah, if somebody was online scrolling through movie titles and they were to see this, and you know, you're under the age of forty and you're not hip to horror movies, you could be like, I don't know what the hell this. Okay, Frankenstein. What's this like a Frankenstein? They don't realize the impact that it had. No, and I think that's really what my main goal, you know, is that <clears throat> you, you take these movies that don't really. Like Jaws, okay, Jaws came out and then sharks were overhunted by the masses. Like that was a direct result of that movie. Sometimes things like that happen, but you're not like really thinking about that on the daily. So it's neat to shine a light on some of these weird impacts these movies have. We always say Final Destination. You pull behind a log truck. <laughs> yeah, dude, initially every time that... we got behind a log truck on the way down to Florida, dude. Yep, your brain just immediately thinks of that movie, and that movie isn't some like Lord of the Rings level tier movie. No, it's just a normal ass movie, but it's it's something that fucking sits with you, man, and it changes your thought process. And I think horror movies are cool like that, and they have an impact that should be discussed. Um, because like even Scream with caller ID, it isn't the sole purpose for caller ID, but I'll be damned if everybody didn't have it by the year two thousand. After you start making horror movies where people are cloning phones and you can't tell who's calling. Yep, yep, that's a... <laughs> yep, we got caller ID now. Like, that's a direct, pretty direct result. And, you you know, they got bigger reaches than people think. So that's that's what I like to do. I think we do a good job. I agree with you there. Well, look at that there. We got some what-do-you-know facts. We got some ratings. We got some favorite parts. We learned this movie is E for everybody. Learn a bunch of fantastic facts and what this makes this movie so impactful. What a educational hour you just fucking had. Okay? All right. It was, you know, I don't know what to say here. Look. I don't know what to say here. 
We're back, baby. We're, we're back, back, baby. We're back. We're in full swing. This year, we're going so hard in the paint. Like, it's insane, dog. It's insane. We're down here. We're like a coach in the office studying plays and tape late night eating sunflower seeds. Okay, maybe we're not doing all that, but sometimes we are, and we're doing research, and like I said, very soon we're going to have um, a news source out for you boys and girls, so Sloppy Horror is going to be more than just podcasting. We're going to have great horror articles out for you guys. We're going to have some fun giveaways coming out this year. Yes, we are. We are going to have special editions that will never be made again. Special edition. I'm telling clothes. you. I'm telling you right now. I'm not lying to you. Once that once that shirt's made, and that design's going in the trash, and you're only gonna person that's gonna have that. I'm not even gonna have that shirt. Yep. Okay. That's how special it is. But uh-huh. so be on the lookout for contests. Okay. Be on the lookout for some new merch that will be coming out here in the next couple months. Okay. This takes time because I have a fucking day job just like Christian Ramey does. Mm-hmm. So it takes a minute. Selling crack. Help us out there. If you like the show, tell your friends and your family and your coworkers and all hey, that. Yeah, that's and big. Get us hip. Get us hey. hip. That's big. Hey, all shut the... up. I'm not done yet. Okay. Um, damn it. Okay. Yeah. Just do <laughs> do that. Uh, don't forget about the the, the uh, Discord chat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We got the sloppy horror. Uh, what is that? Gangbang or something called? I don't know what the hell it is. Swingers Club. Swingers Club. Okay, that's where all you fellow horror fans come meet and uh, discuss horror movie stuffs and your days and whatever it is the hell you guys doing there. But it's a fun time. If you want to join it, just direct message us on any of the platforms and he will give you a link and you can join the fun. And that's also where the watch parties will be going down. I'm not sure if we're pulling the trigger on Friday or Saturdays, and that might change. I'll, I'll probably just give a date list out for everybody but i want to be pretty regular with that um it's time to bring everybody in together but what else is big is spotify just announced that they are doing ratings on their app which previously they were not so i don't care what what app you guys are on be it apple uh spotify whatever i mean we don't really care like, we just like that you're listening. That means the world to us. But unfortunately, you know, to the Spotify gods, the Apple podcast gods, the TikTok gods, all these platforms, they very much appreciate the interactions, the ratings, the likes, the shares, things of that nature. That really tickles their tail feather. And it that tickles helps. tickles their taint. Yes, and that helps us out in the long run. So whatever platform you guys are on, if you could just take 30 seconds. I don't care if you even write anything. You could just drop stars. And you guys can give honest reviews. You know, If you guys think we're a three out of five, tell us that. We're not, I mean, I'm not asking you to pander us, but... Nah, Doug, I don't care what you write. Just, You'd be we like, would... I hate Christian Ramey and love Ozark Mark. Like, yep. All right, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Or I hate Ozark Mark. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. I don't like his face. Mm-hmm. Tell me that. Yeah. Please. Yeah, tell us, guys. Tell us. Let us know. Yeah. So we love you guys so much. We're back. It's going to be in full swing. And obviously, this is the rehab season, baby. These are movies to get you through the hard times. We hope this one does. And uh, we'll be back next week, next Monday, with a banger. Banger. Ciao, dog. What's a hint? Give me a hint of what it is. Give me a hint real quick before I before I click the thing here. And Hobbling. What? Hobbling. 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 Yes. That's the hint. Hobbling. Yep. We're out of here. That's all you're getting. If you know, you know. The hobbling scene. All right. There you go. Hobbling scene. I'll see you next week. We're out, babe. Sons of a just.